Ramen Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. Serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508-309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well. www.dorganramen.com I love the smell of commerce in the morning. Why are we at the mall? Listen, we just spent an entire season hanging out at Quick Stop on the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, and I thought we could use some new scenery. But why the mall? It has everything we need. A cookie stand, a magic eye poster, and Stan Lee. It would be better if Batman was here. Ben Affleck is here. <sighs> I guess that's close enough. If you've enjoyed this witty banner, please join us this season on Jay and Silent Bob Minute as we discuss Kevin Smith's mall rat. Snoochie boochies. We will figure out why this original opening exists, why Shannon Doherty keeps changing outfits, and why that kid is back on the escalator again. So join us for all the chocolate-covered pretzels you can eat. On Jay and Silent Bob Minute on Dueling Genre. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, covering the 1985 movie Life Force, five minutes at a time. I'm your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And since we're recording this now on the 10th of January, when you when you hear it is a different story, but uh, we're recording this on January 10th, so 10 days into the new year, do we have any advancements in science that connected this movie yet, Scott, for the t- for the year 2021? Not that I know of. Uh, uh, Was there any space explorations that happened that I'm unaware of? Not that I know of, no. Today we are covering, tonight we are covering uh, minutes 45 to 50, and we begin with uh, Colonel Tom uh, shaking everyone's hands where we left off. It ends with our, uh, I think we end in the middle of our flashback. And uh, he's, everybody wants to know what happened. He kind of wants to know Bukowski and Falada. Uh, he doesn't know Kane, but uh, so he comes in and he starts they ask him what happened, and it's it's interesting because he's trying to say like you're gonna have difficulty believing what I'm about to tell you, and every single everyone in the room's like, no, no, we're really not. <laughs> yeah, considering after what they just saw, they uh, definitely will believe him. You know, there's a character we missed in the previous five minutes that I completely forgot about. He's uh he's there when they're investigating the guy in the cage, uh, short, uh, chubby guy. Yes, his uh, his name's Aubrey Morris. Uh, he plays Sir Percy uh, Heselton. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, so if you listen to that minute, we completely forgot to mention uh, Audrey Morris, um, and I wanted to rectify that mistake now. He was in A Clockwork Orange, The Wicker Man, and My Girl 2. I believe he was in a previous scene, too. Yeah, he was in the, the tail end of minutes uh, 35 to 40. Uh, we, got a, we got a glimpse of him. Uh, but yeah, he's been in a lot of classic movies. So do you think they filmed all of the space stuff aboard the ship all together, cut it up or whatever for like this flashback scene that we get? 
so yeah, that, that's my guess. Uh, apparently, the U.S. cut of the film, the the flashback where uh, Carlson's explaining what happened on the ship, since it kind of just cuts from them discovering the bodies. Yeah. So apparently, the uh, the American cut of the film, the opening scenes that we we talked about, you know, it's kind of long introductory scenes where they're looking at the comet, a lot of floating around. A lot of that was cut in the U.S. release. I think they thought it was too slow. They put, they kind of chop it up into this section, into the flashback section. So it's a, so this part's a little bit longer, and there's more voiceover from Carlson. But I think it, it there's no real. I don't think there's any real value to shoving it in here, especially with voiceover, because uh, as I'm sure uh, Blade Runner fans will note, that doesn't necessarily make your movie better. One thing I want to point out is that the uh, there's certain scenes in the movie that are played by uh, some of the puppets aren't really puppets. They're actual people, like uh, there's a zombie in the movie um, played by Derek Lyons, and he was uh, in Top Secret and The Bride. I remember Top Secret. I don't remember where he was in The Bride. Just in case we overlooked it previously, uh, did you know who the narrator of the American Cut is? Narrator of the American Cut? Uh, no, I don't. John Larroquette. Oh, okay. Who's in the news recently because they're bringing back Night Court. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. They're bringing back everything, it seems. But, uh, you know, it's very sad because, you know, uh, the actor who played the, the judge, uh, Henry, he's uh, Harry, sorry, Harry, he, he passed away. But it's going to be his character's mm-hmm. daughter. Oh, okay. That, that'll work. Yeah, but John Larroquette's going to come back. Um, they said the humor is going to be, you know, addressing certain um, things that they can't, you know, do on television like they used to be able to or jokes they used to be able to get away with, and that's going to be kind of poking fun at probably PC culture. I see. Which I'm totally for. We'll see how it goes. Definitely. So now we're back inside the spaceship where uh, we have all of the cast and crew members uh, previously. Do we Can we identify who any of these crew members are? Because trying to find photos of this shot from the flashback is not easy online. No, it's not. Um, there's a number, uh, there's a very few people who are actually named. That's what makes it so difficult. There's one person who I know is named. Yeah, Jamie Roberts is Rawlings. So when Carlson starts giving his flashback, he said Rawlings was the first one to go, uh, said that he kind of lost his mind. And uh, yeah, Raw- and Jamie Roberts, uh, too, uh, the, not really too much uh, in the way of um, uh, you know, career outside this movie. A couple of you know, TV roles here or there. Um, he was in a show called the, the Odd Job Man, which I think is funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently, and, and I definitely heard it, apparently Roberts's dialogue in this scene is actually dubbed over, and I don't know who did it, but it kept, the person whose voice it was reminded me of like Timothy Oliphant or somebody like that, or like uh, Bill Paxton even. Recently I obtained, Scott, the vinyl soundtrack to Life Force. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful score. I I, uh, I love it. It was very cheap, too. It was not hard to find. You know, sometimes you find soundtrack, uh, physical releases of soundtracks are completely out of print. I tried to find the Spider-Man trilogy, you know, Sam Raimi's, which Mm -hmm. are the first two movies done by Danny Elfman, and the third one was done by Christopher Young. Those CDs are, you can't find them. Yeah. The last two Spider-Man movies by, you know, Sony and Disney, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, those can easily be attained. But the, uh, yeah, the original five Sony Spider-Man movies are uh, unavailable, but Life Force, that was pretty easy to find. And if you're anyone listening, you can probably type in Life Force uh, vinyl on eBay and it will come right up. I, I didn't pay more than 10 bucks for it. Oh, nice. 
And this movie definitely has a completely different type of a score to it versus what we heard in um, Once Bitten previously, where Once Bitten oh, yeah. was a lot of 80s style music, and whereas this is just orchestral. Yeah, this is this is Mancini's score, and uh, yeah, compared to a bunch of like pop tracks that they put in. What else happens in the flashback sequence? So yeah, so Carlson starts basically just going through what happened, uh, shows them bringing in the bodies, and then. One of the guys is kind of like kind of feeling drained. Uh, Carlson mentions, though, that he actually feels invigorated, uh, which he's an outlier because everybody else starts either behaving strangely. So he says the communications guy, Rawlings, seems to lose his mind, starts smashing stuff, and then he shows up shriveled, shows up as one of the walking shriveled as we've as the, uh, they were dubbed. And uh, then apparently the rest of the crew just start dropping one by one. So they were apparently, basically everybody but Carlson is dead by the time anything else happens by the time they get to Earth, before any sort of fire or anything else happens. So we don't get an explanation, though, yet, but why does Space Girl let our uh, main uh, survivor live? Not sure. It's it's not said yet. We get cut off before we get an answer. Definitely, and that's pretty much the end of the five minutes for this episode of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Do you have any other uh, tidbits or information about the film that uh, you have that I might not have caught? Uh, let's see. Yeah, this nothing nothing too extensive. Mostly that the the cuts in the flashback apparently like <laughs> it's a in the European version it's a much cleaner timeline from kind of leading up to appearing right before the Earth's atmosphere because apparently before it was just like oh all right you know uh, apparently basically. Carlson doesn't really piece it together because they're trying to get the earlier scenes in there as well. So the the cut is just more, it makes more sense, I guess, is the best way I can say it. I'm trying to track down a VHS copy of the film, um, possibly just to see, you know, how it's aged. And uh, I almost had one on eBay in a lot, but it, unfortunately it escaped me. Um, uh, I definitely got to grab my roommate's DVD to see what bonus material is on the DVD because uh, the versions that we have are from Scream Factory exclusively. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, before we get to her again, I hope to be able to watch uh, the interview with uh, M- uh, Matilda that's on the Blu-ray. She talks about her experience making Life Force. Oh, nice! In English too. She she speaks pretty. She pre- speaks perfect English with an accent. And then, of course, uh, we will have to do a huge deep dive into uh, Dr. Armstrong actor when uh, he finally appears. Yes, of course. <laughs> Which was what, what we're all excited and waiting for. Yes. <laughs> we had a naked girl on screen. Who cares? But we have a distinguished gentleman uh, coming up very soon to talk about on this podcast. That's right. You can find this on the Vampire Movie Minute podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. And we try to get the episodes up uh, once a week. And if Monday, this uh, we uh, the date we're recording this one is on the 10th. So this week's episode was a little bit late, but hopefully you forgive us. We come up with fun episode titles for the podcast as well. Um, I think my last episode I posted was uh, Containment Protocol. Uh, containment Protocols, but I wanted to put something very snarky, but worried somebody from Britain would uh, get upset. So I just put Containment Protocols Broken. Um, and then the next episode we'll be posting is all about my love of Space Girl. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you can find us at Christy SAV. And I'm at Scott C. Danielson. And we'll be back next week with another exciting five minutes of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Thanks, everyone. Do you love what you hear on the podcast? Please go to Buy a Cup of Coffee. The Radio Horror link is in the show notes, but it's on top of the Twitter page. Or you can just go to buymeacupofcoffee.com backslash Radio of Horror, and you can help support any other podcast here on the Radio of Horror Network. Donations go towards cloud service and new equipment. Thank you. Hey.